This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. <laughs> the place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars Report Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Bland. So glad you've joined us. As always, we have a, a great show for you guys lined up. In fact, it's been a hot second since um, I've sat down here at this microphone to talk about Star Wars stuff. And here to help me out, help me remember how to do this thing, it's Mr. Mark Herleman. What's going on, Mark? Well, you know, Riley, the first thing is, is you look into the microphone. Mm. It's like climbing onto the seat of your bicycle. Another thing you can't forget. Mm, that's true. <laughs> How's it going, that's everybody? True. That's true. Welcome back, Mark. It's been a hot second for you, too. Um, this is true. This mm, is true. Reunited, and it feels so good. No, it's my it's my life's been crazy, man. Well, and I guess we've still had content in the feeds. If you guys are listening now and you haven't had the chance, go back. Our last three episodes were all from Dragon Con. Um, panels that uh, I was either hosting or a part of and uh, having a great time. So uh, if you haven't, what it was, the Mandalorian speculation panel with me, Michael, and Christy and some other people. And there was the, um, I even blank on which panels, they all run together. Uh, (laughs) But we have a whole litany of Dragon Con content in the feeds uh, from this past Labor Day weekend in Atlanta. But no show the week after because we had the Dragon Con content. And more importantly, I also got engaged. <laughs> there was that. Yeah. that was Congratulations. Slow clap. You know, thank you. Well, oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It happened, guys. I know a lot of people probably just lost bets. <laughs> but no, uh, it, it, it's happening. Uh, no, it was, that was kind of the significant, slightly significant thing going on in my life. Although it was an excuse, it wasn't at Disney, but it involved a Disney trip. So I actually, Mark, I know we actually talked extensively some of the behind-the-scenes story of the how the uh, engagement transpired. And if you're interested yes. in that kind of behind-the-scenes content on Riley's life... That has very little info. to do. There's little to do with Star Wars. It's a part of our Rogue Transmissions this week over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. So go check it out and uh, support the show and listen to uh, Riley's engagement story on Rogue Transmissions, our bonus podcast there. Um, but yeah, that's um, that. That's what I was up to. We uh, Disney was a part of it uh, the day after the engagement party. Her family lives down in Florida. So of nice. course we took the opportunity. And I've now seen West Coast... And East Coast Galaxy's Edge. Ooh, I'm the first. Two change different. You know, it really is. Like, did they they set it so the sun sets the same direction? (laughs) So I think it is oriented the same way. And by the I, I don't know if the Skype blocked it, Mark. I was saying it is not. It's really not different at all. But there are some subtle changes and some excitement surrounding Galaxy's Edge specifically with some of the recent developments and the recent opening 
of Galaxy's Edge um, mm-hmm. East Coast Edition. So let's talk about those in the news. We have something to report. Closer, I have the news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. You can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. So the uh, excitement's a buzz. A lot of media stuff over at Galaxy's Edge. Nothing really significant um, to report as far as anything different or new. So I won't waste y'all's time too much other than to say that it's kind of interesting the subtle differences. So right there are two entrances instead of three uh, to the park. So really? the very the entryways are slightly different. And then why, some of the wait, well, well, let's pump the brakes on this. Yeah, why, yeah. why would you have less entrances <laughs> to Batu in the park that is bigger than the other? That, why? I well, just, allow me. I, mm-hmm. This melting my brain. I, I don't get why. Mm-hmm. Mark, get ready. Money, because the third entrance is going to be an exclusive entrance for those who stay at the Star Wars Hotel. Uh, it all makes sense. So are they, they going to do something similar with the the one in Disneyland then, where that one eventually is going to attach to the hotel too? Or I think so. That's I don't know. Logistically, not possible. I honestly don't know the logistics of how they're going to do it, but I, that's basically wow. going to be the thing. Now we were there though. Uh, it was uh, after Labor Day, so the crowds are actually kind of okay. down again. Mm. So uh, Star Wars is dead. That's the conclusion. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, you keep hearing this, and then you see pictures, and you're like, "Well, it doesn't look dead right now." Yeah. No. <laughs> no. no it's. I mean, it's. Um. It's a hit. It's. It's really well done. Um. And it, it, everything that I loved about the one on West Coast applies to the East Coast. You know, mm. there's some paint scheme differences. We didn't do any of the the rides or anything like that. Um. We just okay. kind of uh, saw. It really briefly because we spent most of the day at animal kingdom um Mm. which was also pretty freaking amazing but i won't get into all the details but suffice to say i just wanted to take a chance to brag of being the first in my star wars disney friend groups to see both coasts (laughs) right now now you haven't had a chance to read claudia gray's black spire have Mm, you no i have not have you now I, I have, and, and the reason why I bring it up is, as somebody who goes as often as you go yes. to the planet Batu, mm-hmm. I think you would get a kick out of that book because I have read the book and I am really, really amped up to go to Batu, go see Black Spire Outpost because of the background information I now have on the characters and the location and stuff. Like that's super exciting, and to see how they incorporated that together, I think it'd be something that would be right up your alley especially with mouse and castle you know i mean because it, it's it's how disney has taken worked with the delray writers to incorporate the characters and stuff that they're using like it sounds like there's a lot of finite details that are going into the park that they made sure to capture hmm. in the book and that definitely that is true my interest intrigued i'm like i can't wait to go and see doc Ondar. yeah although i don't know if i'll trust him yeah uh the no but he has some pretty that is you're going to be your favorite place in the whole park i can tell you right now right, Mark, when you go right. doc ondar's I've of antiquities. My, I, so so i don't think i told you that my lightsaber broke did i tell you about that What? No. Uh, at summer camp i dropped Tragedy. i dropped it on the power button so now oh, it's like a, a glorified prop which is cool in one aspect but i paid 200 bucks for that back in 99 and the thing has no sound it's just got a uh indiglo watch type light so it all lights up at once with mm. one click of the button yeah. LED, any of that stuff 
and I paid 200 bucks for it back then. So now to pay 200 bucks and get what you're getting there at Galaxy's Edge, like I'm excited for that. I want to get myself a lightsaber and I'm getting myself a Sith and a Jedi holocron as well as some Kyber crystals to mm. change that up. Yeah, like I that that for me is my big takeaway goal for going to Batu. I'm going there to collect some merch. Mm. <laughs> nice, nice. I don't blame you. You're going to love it. There's like this big mural uh, that looks like sort of an ancient carving depicting the the ancient pre-Jedi order, you know, in the midst of a big battle. It looks like a Napoleonic painting. It's You'll love it. You will eat that stuff up, man. You're going to love it. Well, so, so the book ends before the First Order sets up their garrison. Okay. And it, it kind of sets up Kylo Ren is coming to the planet, which I thought was interesting because it's like, it's a brilliant way to get Kylo in the park, but at the same time, it also kind of locks you into whatever that timepiece is. Mm. Like, yeah, you go yeah. to Batuu, but really it's only a sliver of time because clearly Kylo Ren's got to go off and do other things at some yeah. point. Mm. But I'm really excited about the Resistance base because it's it's set in these like ancient ruins and caves and stuff. And from what I, I've gathered from pictures and stuff, it does look like that's kind of where the Resistance side of the park is, is out in those ruins. Is that is that true or am I just inferring too much? Wait, what's the question? Where is the rebel or the resistance side oh, of things? Is it set up yeah. like in an ancient ruin type thing like the book so it's, suggested? So it's kind of, so Rise of the Resistance is really the, the main part of the park that you do, but it's closed. So you get the sense that the whole walkthrough experience that Disney does a lot of this stuff where they really try to create the line to be a part of the experience, that will probably be the most resistance heavy themed part of the park but as it is when you walk through the resistance section of the park now it's a lot smaller and less populated than the first order because the first order section you know that's kind of where the bazaar is and the millennium falcon and then like the first order garrison proper with the tie fighter all of that area is kind of patrolled by first order troopers so there's a smaller and nicely ideally less crowded part of the park and that's where you see ray and chewbacca hang out sometimes and there's some little okay. resistance themed shops and that's where the a-wing and x-wing hang out that are kind of like little photo ops but there's really nothing else in that part of the park, which makes it a great place to hang out right now because it's less crowded. Um, that's where Poe's X-Wing is, is over on that side? Yes, yes, same. Okay. Yeah. Which, okay. And actually, here's a little, speaking of Galaxies, that we have updates on Delilah S. Dawson's new book. Uh, here's a little clip from this week's episode of the Star Wars Shop. <clears throat> that's what they call it. Now we're here with Zoraida Cordova, writer of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? I would love to. A Crash of Fate is about two unlikely friends who are on Black Spire Outpost. They have 24 hours to deliver a very important parcel or die trying. And of course, mayhem and Mayhem always ensues in Star Wars. Yes. And we're here in front of the Trillion Wishing Tree, and I know that has a special moment in your book. It does. The Trillion Wishing Tree is very special to the people of Batu. It is a place where locals go and tie ribbons, and they make wishes on it. So Izzy and Jules, the characters of my book, are making a wish, and it means something very special to them because it brings together their past and the possibility of their future. Now I'm here with Delilah Dawson writer of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Black Spire takes a character that we brought to life for Star Wars Phasma, by Marathi, General Organa's best resistance spy. She sends by to a remote location the First Order should never look for anyone here, and it ends up being Black Spire Outpost to build a resistant encampment and to recruit some warm bodies for the resistance. I mean, if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't even have a location to stand in front of. We wouldn't. You'll find out in Black Spire if you read it, which you should because there's so many Easter eggs. You'll find out where Savvy gets his lightsaber part. You'll also find out where we got this tower because Fire's responsible for sourcing this. This is all by handiwork. Thanks oh, so much cool. for joining me. Yeah, look at that. So oh, 
That that answered my question. That flat out. So that is the base then. Okay, uh-huh. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no. So so that book, man. That book really brought you in. Like you really felt the locations. Yeah. Um. Uh, Vi had a, a very Indiana Jones vibe to her, very Doctor Afra mm, feel, yeah. even though she was also kind of James Bondish in her way. Because of where she was left off in the Phasma book, she's still recovering. She's kind of wounded herself. Uh, I mean, and there was a very great relationship with her and one of the main characters who was a protagonist does, from the last book, does uh, she, Captain Cardinal. Does does Vi connect with any of the primary characters from the new trilogy? Is there any kind of established relationship with them? Just Leia. Leia's okay. the only one she really has a contact with. But it does go in and past the events of even The Last Jedi, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, so, so I mean, in that sense, by the time the book ends and it talks about Kylo Ren showing up, it should, in theory, be Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. Hmm. Oh. It, I didn't even think about... Is that... I wonder if that... One wonders if that's going to be his title. You would, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that, and and so a crash of fate. That book also got dropped off in my lap while I was at summer camp. I got uh, Black Spire, Crash of Fate, uh, and Thrawn, and I went from Black Spire into Thrawn because I was really, you know, I was I was expecting Nathan to read that one first, and he did. So I'm like trying to catch up so we can do back to back beyond the films episodes. Yeah. Uh, and so Crash of Fate's the next one I'm going to be read when I'm through with uh, Treason, but. Man, I, I'm so far, I really love Claudia Gray's work. The way she just builds scenes up, it, it brings me back to the first Star Wars books that I read that I really started to engage in them. You know, I mean, hmm. like, I first read Zahn's books. It took me the second and third read before I really kind of clicked and I realized what all he was talking about. A lot of it was all, like, this new jargon that was over my head, and I, I kind of vaguely understood it because I was into Star Trek at the time because of my dad. So, like, I kind of knew how hyperspace and hyperdrives worked, but, you know, all that other stuff was just a little... I'll come back to it kind of thing and on that third read you know I really engage well Claudia Gray it's just right out the gate you're just like boom you're just clicking right yeah. in you just everything she's building is really cool and I love well, the way that she described the planet are you talking it, about the, the back are you feel. talking about Black Spire specifically or Black Spire yeah oh so you're talking about Delilah Dawson gotcha gotcha okay yeah, yeah. I was confused for a second the way, the way that that works because the whole book is set in the outpost for the most part except for her base is in the outskirts and so like I, I, I got that vibe from the maps because I downloaded Loaded the uh, the one app for Disneyland where you get the data pad because mm-hmm. I yep. want to do a little kit bashing and stuff for when I go. I want to be I want to be prepared, man. I want to go down there and get that whole in universe feeling. I'm almost tempted to throw money at that at that uh, <laughs> galactic cruise. I mean, that looks no. pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. If you save up for one premium experience, that's got to be the lightsaber building. That's got to no, be right. Yeah, right. yeah, man. It's um, yeah. It, I you know you've tempted me enough. I I have here in my hand. Uh, the Audible app, and I'm going to actually snag a, my own copy of Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson, who's always been like, I've never read any of her books, which makes me feel guilty, but because um, <laughs> I've met her many times, particularly at New York Comic Con, and I always feel like, well, sorry, I haven't, I have not read Phasma. I, I can't geek out about it. Sorry. Um, but you see, know. and 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 Black Spire will make you want to go and read Phasma. Yeah. I missed yeah. reading Phasma. I had Phasma, and it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Like five books came at once, and it just got set off to the side. And then Nathan yeah. was like, "Oh, it's not. You know, it's, it could have been a better book." So I was like, "Oh, I'll, just, I'll go back to it at some point." And then when I got into this, and the way the relationship built off the main two characters, and you realize that they came from that book. Yeah. I had to go back and kind of just buzz through the book as quick as I could to kind of pick up stuff from it because I was just like it, it worked for their relationship but mm. you don't need it 
that's the beauty about what she writes. Like, it's kind of like when legends would touch on Luke falling to the dark side. They give you just enough that you needed to know to move forward. You didn't really have to go hunt down Dark Empire and find out about how he fell to the dark yeah. side because it wasn't really that relevant. She gives you what you need that is relevant, and you move right along. And I think that that's one of the coolest things is, you know, when the when the first order shows up, you're kind of like, dang man, like this is all the resistance fault. So I'm looking forward to when I get there and get my feet on the street, so to speak. Yeah. And talk to people that are affiliated with the First Order to get to get their vibe on the Resistance, because like, you know, it's it was so perfectly played that if you're a fan of the First Order, you could be in that camp of like, oh, that, that nasty Resistance. And you, meanwhile, you're on the Resistance side, going, you know, like the First Order don't care about you. Like the the whole dichotomy there of the back and forth between the two and the the on the street people caught up in the middle. Mm. I think that's gonna be so fun to play a part in. Nice, absolutely, man. Uh, we brought up the subject, so I thought, what could be a better time than to uh, take a brief time out and, uh, hey, thank one of uh, our longest supporters here, and we don't mention them often enough, um, but uh, they're back. It's Audible, audibletrial.com slash Star Wars Report, and I thought, and I promise, this actually wasn't in the notes for, for uh, Mark to bring up the book, but since you were, if you want your own free copy of Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson, you can go to audibletrial.com slash star wars report audible is the most comprehensive name in all audiobooks they have a super easy to use app i use it all the time uh it's li- literally how i consume books and i'm more of a non-fiction guy but uh, mark you've convinced me i've added it to my audible library um and yeah. uh, i'm gonna take off with it so audibletrial.com slash star wars report that's audibletrial.com slash star wars report and the best thing about it is if you don't find this book as your cup of tea, you can exchange any book with Audible for up to one year. That's 12 months with no questions asked. So you could actually be reading two books. Nice. Nice. And we thank Audible for supporting us. And as I said at the top of the show, we thank each and every one of you that supports us directly over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We got some more. Uh, we got one more news uh, piece that I wanted to highlight. I literally just saw this. He just had a new Netflix special come out. Bill Burr was on. I watched the- that last night. Oh, you watched? <laughs> so I haven't seen the special, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, part of that, Mark. Of course, when a lot of these comedians do the new Netflix special. They make the rounds on a lot of media, and and this is what I love about podcasting, especially having been involved in podcasting now for, Mark, how long has it been, like eight years that we've been doing the show now? Ten. Ten. Wait, well, I guess since we've started any show together. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a loaded question when you ask me that. I know. I was going to say, yeah, because you and I go back even further <laughs> than Star Wars. we've been Report. doing it since EUcast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Um, 
and shout out to like the five of you guys who know what that means and remember right, right. going way back that far. But um, so uh, Bill Burr was on uh, the H3H3 podcast and Ooh. started, uh, did this whole huge segment talking about his role in The Mandalorian. Say what? Uh, let's just take, I'm, I'm not going to play the whole clip, but I want, let's just take a quick listen right here. I don't know. I just, um, how the hell did it come together? Just <laughs> yeah. over the years of getting to know Mike Binder and working with Vince Vaughn's company on. Oh yeah. He's the, talking about how he met John Favreau. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll do it. You got it. And, um, <laughs> yeah, well see, but my, my, my star Wars was like the magnificent seven. It was like, uh, mm -hmm. the great escape. Bridge over the River Kwai, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, um, Cool Hand Luke. That's what I grew up on. Those right. those were the the movies that I I loved, and I loved all of those. Um, you know Kelly's Heroes, um, all of that stuff is the stuff. The Dirty Dozen, mm -hmm. I, and all of those. That's what I grew up on, and that's what I loved. And uh, so I I don't know. I just I, I didn't understand as weird right. as this is the magnitude. Yes. Of uh, something like that, because John just kept laughing at me. He goes, "Dude, you don't understand. You don't <laughs> it's understand." Biggest, like, it's, yeah, it's the dude. Then I went in this thing. super creepy thing where you just stand there and there's like a zillion like this is just like, you know, when they go to do the action figure thing, like there's like a, a like oh. they like rendered your body, high, just, right? Camera, 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 mm. camera, camera, camera. That's and then serious then, stuff. And then you stand there and you're just like, oh my God, did I just give away my DNA to <laughs> Disney? <laughs> yeah. Um, I love how he's, he, like, he just talks about this stuff. Dude, there were two major things he just dropped yeah. in our lap that I, I, I want to touch on real yeah, quick. Yeah, let's I mean, hit him real quick. He talks, he talks about John Favreau being like, you don't understand. You know, as he's talking about the, the Magnificent Seven, the Dirty Dozen, all these things, it's like, he's right. You don't understand. The Clone Wars and stuff, we take these shows and we retool them in Star Wars. Everything you thought was great, like, throw it into my hat and we're going to make it happen. Like, I love that about Jon Favreau in general and the, and the direction that Lucas allowed Star Wars to go under Filoni. Yeah. That said, the other thing that I thought was really interesting was the whole being in that booth, having all the pictures taken for the action figure. Yep. So whatever Bill Burr is doing... It's big enough that there will be an action figure down the way. Now, that's a loaded f phrase because you also think about Constable uh, Vizio or whatever is. Zuvio, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, like, not every character is a great character, but I, that excites me, man. Yeah. No, that's. A, I Listen, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of Bill Burr and the idea of him being. A, I would buy that action figure. I'm just I'm just putting that out here. Let's take a listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just sort of let in there, and that's yeah. kind of what you did. And that's I guess. They make an action figure or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. no. We're going to get Bill Burr started. I don't know. That was... Uh... Oh, it sounds pretty serious. Yeah, are you allowed to talk about the technology? Yes. It's just like He's you like walked so into the here. room, and then the door closed around you, and you were just surrounded by this giant green screen, and then mm. they just projected like all of, all of this stuff. The whole wow. world. Yeah, so you'd be talking to somebody. If I <laughs> yeah. move like this, like the background move behind oh you, you get like God. vertical. No way. What? Yeah. So <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I heard they had. I heard it's the the highest budget show ever made. Right, Dan? What was the budget on that thing? Like twenty five million I an think episode. It's, uh, like fifteen or twenty mil an episode. Like so, more yeah. than Game of Thrones per. Episode oh my God! Well, I gotta crazy. tell you this: if you see the trailer, like he sh when he showed me the trailer, because you know you're always like, you're you know you're you're just like this close to it. You don't even know what's going right. on, mm -hmm. and also they just give you like your sides for the scene. You, mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on. 
for the most part. And then, like, on my last day, fortunately, my episode, I think, was far enough into the season where they had a rough cut of the trailer. Mm. And uh, he showed it to the whole crew on that big round thing. Mm. And uh, the last scene I was doing, I was way up on this, I don't know what the hell it is, scaffolding type thing. So I was standing up there just watching this the size of a brownstone you know mm. projection of it and i was just like that's when i that's when i got excited that's and i was awesome. and i went from like hey this is pretty cool to like oh my god i can't believe i'm gonna be in this yeah <laughs> so there he is bill burr that's he kind of alluded to that technology of them projecting the environment inside of the sound stage where you do the green screen stuff that's mm-hmm. cool that's that freaking. Cool. I don't know. I don't even know how that works. But Bill Burr seems to be pretty excited about it. Um, we didn't talk about it. There's some leaks. I'm not going to give specifics, but I saw some pretty cool leaked uh, set pictures from Mandalorian season two, which is already what? currently in production. Yeah, I I saw a, high, a headline talking yeah. about that mm, they were it's on, true. which makes sense. Yeah, I, mean, I won't I won't spoil it at all. But this is pretty interesting stuff, and it just goes to show. That 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 was the case. Oh, and then there's also some headlines. It lo- looks like because he was busy with Lion King, that's why he had all of these episodic directors come in and do the actual directing. But he mm-hmm. will be directing the series for season two. John Favreau himself, not just oh. producing and writing. Uh, so I mean, it'll be. It is the Mandalorian. I think it's the flagship. It's the tentpole series for Disney Plus. Um, and man, it's going to get me to sign up for it. Oh, I'm already looking for those action figures. When I saw that the Mandalorian was out, I'm like, oh my god! Because mm-hmm. I love me my Boba Fett, my yeah. uh, Jango Fett, and my Sabine yeah. Wren. No, like this, that's true. Those Mandalorian Black Series figures are yeah. the creme de la creme. It's uh, <laughs> and listen, man, less than two months out as we record this, it's coming, Ooh. coming right up. Well, all right, let's take a brief. Unless, moment. Mm? unless mm. you're in the Netherlands and then you've already got a taste of what Disney <laughs> our plus friend, is like, our but friend, you're still waiting for the Mandalorian. Our friend, father Roderick <laughs> was already doing that. That, that, that video came out. Um, I, I was, I was ecstatic because I saw that resistance was on there. The yeah. clone wars, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, rebels. Yep. I was like, Oh, so happy to see all those under one umbrella again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty sweet. The Star Wars page there looks amazing. Let's take a second to do Boba's bounty. Worth a lot to me. As you wish. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You know it. We'd like to talk about something we read, consumed, listened to in the world of Star Wars. Uh, hey, Mark, kick us off. Well, you know I was talking about action figures because I love them. My wife just went up to uh, Portland to do some training. So on her way back when she has to stop at a rest area and stuff, she goes out of her way to stop at Targets and Walmarts and things that there's only one of or none of in Grants Pass. And look, and she would come back and I'm like, so what would you see? And she's like, oh, nothing. She's like, the only one that I saw that that I thought you might even want, I was like, well, he doesn't really care for for protocol droids. And I was like, please don't tell me he was black. And she's like, he was. And I was like, don't tell me it was triple zero. And she's like, is that is that the one with three zeros? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, it was. I'm like, that's the assassin droid that goes with Doctor Aphra. I needed that. Like I was, I was so beside myself. With Mark, I love that you grief. you're crushing disappointment as your wife presents you an action figure that she went out shopping for you. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, no, she she didn't get anything in the end. She was oh. just like, I almost got it, but I was like, why? Well, because I've skipped on C three PO, and with the big oh, joke of like, yeah. I, I yeah, that's yeah. not three PO. I don't recognize that. That's there's there's an arm here, uh, and and so besides that, the other thing was I had bought. For my first time, I like from the, Mike Kurtz. I, I know something is uh, coming because you just turned your webcam on. Yes, yes, fanboyswag.com if you're if you're wanting to know where these really cool things are. He makes buttons, patches, coins, you name Fanboy it. And I'm a big fan of challenge coins. Oh, and I love when I them. I saw this <gasps> set. I was like, I've got to get it. I don't even care. And I threw down the, I think I spent 40 bucks when it was all said and done because I think each one was 19 bucks. But I got the, it, it in color and out of color. And they, they are the indoor park service coins. <gasps> what? Uh, and they're, they're shaped just like the National Park Service coins. Yep, yep. So I can actually hold it. To the camera I'm looking at it. Uh, the color one is, is beautiful. It's got like an orange sunset. It's got the redwood tree. It's got Mount McLaughlin or Mount... Uh, uh, Oh God, I can't think of the name of it. Um, Mount Shasta in the background with an ATST, and on the back it's got a scout trooper. That's and amazing. so I got that in both the pewter coin color itself and in the other one. I just absolutely love them, man. They're probably the coolest little uh, fan swag that I've gotten myself in a long time. And I mean, I like them so much that I actually keep one in my bedroom on my headboard because I can I bust mm. it out and I just kind of flip it around. And the other one I actually keep in my uniform nice. <laughs> for my scouts. It looks amazing, dude. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, um, we got a, I guess this isn't my Boba's Bounty, but back at Dragon Con, we, they had a challenge coin, a Dragon Con Star Wars track challenge coin, uh, <sighs> that they were selling for charity. So they were 20 bucks a pop, but all the proceeds were going nice. to the Dragon Con charity. And so we got, um, the, Savannah immediately wanted it because it was the star, the Star Wars at Dragon Con logo. Like with mm. the dragon and Re- Rebel Alliance uh, logo on one end, but on the other end, it was just it was Jar Jar, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Nice. nice. And of course, in the military, the tradition is for you guys who don't know, when you're out at a social event, hanging out at the bar, um, and you get coined. That's where everyone presents their coin, and whoever um, has the lowest rank coin or highest rank coin, it depends on, on how it works, has to buy the round coin. of drinks. Or if you don't have a, a coin, you have to buy a round yeah. of drinks. But of course, as, as Savannah's like, I think this trumps anybody anybody I know's coin because technically, Jar Jar Binks was a general, so it's a general's coin. <laughs> so, right? Yes! It's technically his rank, so. Yes, uh, that's good. Well played. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. No. See, and, and I think that that started in World War II, I believe, is when that really became popular. I thought because yeah. uh, we were telling our kids that because they were like, why? Because I went down at, at the conclave that we had uh, two weekends ago and I was bidding on bags of challenge coins. I'm oh, just wow. Like, Dude, there's like four or five in here. I got a really cool uh, National Jamboree one from 1950. Uh, got some Order of the Arrow Dang. ones and stuff. Got a West is Best one. And I always spent three bucks on the bag. I was like, yeah. Not bad, not bad. Got a silent auction. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, present that. So that wasn't mine, but I will present mine uh, visually to Mark, and we'll get his reaction first. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like. Mm-hmm. I like. Is it full still, or did you drink the contents? <laughs> yes, I don't blame you. <laughs> so if you, uh, let's see. If most of you guys, I want you as you're listening to the podcast, the audio theater of the mind. Take a guess as to what the sound is. What? What's Ryan tipping on? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll do it one more time. 
All right, so there it is. Uh, that is definitely the sound of uh, a coke lid on the thermal detonator. He's holding a thermal detonator. Well, I'm holding the Coca-Cola cup. I, a- I finally, I, uh, we, we kept, there were kept being long lines and we never got them when we went to the Disneyland one, but they had, the cart was right there and there was nobody in line. And so Savannah was like, oh, I'll get you one. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was very excited Wait, about it. Now, 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 the real question here. Mm, yes, what do you Does want to know? Does it add the ten cent deposit? Could you technically de- return that for a deposit? Uh, where, where would I find this? Is it? It would have to be somewhere by the barcode, I would think. Uh, it does it. Scan here for more food information. They have a smart label QR code. They have a recycle. They have a please recycle like logo on it. Doesn't say anything about money. It says C. So you didn't have to pay for a deposit, though, right? No, no. Then probably not. They're they're not. Cause see, could you imagine like working in one of those places and one of those comes rolling back? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I don't even care who this is. I'm taking it home. They do have the code <laughs> under the cap, though. Uh, so so there you go. So there it is. Uh, the thermal detonator. That was like my the one purchase we got from Galaxy's Edge uh, East Coast Edition, which was a lot of fun. Hey, let's take a second to uh, get to our feedback this week. We have an email from Andy. Andy says, "Hey Riley and Star Wars Report, long time no speak. Thanks as always for the great shows you guys put out every week. Of course, thanks Andy. Uh, it's been fun listening to it all. Oh, and Mousecast is pretty sweet too. Oh, double thanks Andy." Uh, let's let's talk Rise of Skywalkers. Thought I'd add to the theories that have been flowing around. So a couple theories from Andy, specifically okay. the Emperor. Now centerpiece in marketing is there's no like hinting. It's no like uh, Ian McDermott at Celebration just kind of like roll it again and we all have to guess. No, he's on the freaking poster when uh, thrown down the shaft for the Jedi, just like Luke survived being thrown down the Maw in Cloud City. The Emperor survived the shaft. I mean, he's the Emperor. Force saving would be a snap. I, and I think that might be too. It would be interesting, although I, just th- quick thumbs up but or down. But that same argument could be applied for Mace Windu, though. I mean, there's a lot of people that Which put that Which is why I there. just saw literally just today. I Literally today, I kid you not, Mark, I saw like theory of like, this is why Mace Windu is still alive and will show up in the sequel trilogy because Luke didn't die. You know. <laughs> um, right. And so you're right. Follow up to the theory. No. That that's one of the things like the trailer coming out. I don't think I've been on an episode to even talk about like the whole dark ray thing. Oh, that's so, I mean, true. That's true. With with all that that puts out there, and you know, you think about what came before with legends, right? So, a lot of the information about what happened directly after the Death Star blew up came in the form of West End Games role playing game information, and in that we uh, learned of course, yep. that Palpatine's spirit left the Death Star, immediately launched out, and tried to find the first. Uh, of the uh, Empire's hands he could find which was I believe one of them named Azrael and he basically seized that body took his body and went all the way into the deep center of the core to the core world Biss which is where he had all of his cloning tanks and all the clone bodies and stuff and at that point we found out that in theory, he had been transferring his presence from clone body to clone body for a while, but we didn't know how long because as soon as he would get into the body, mm. his force presence was so powerful that he would That's rapidly all... start to decay it. You're saying so, this like, is... I kept waiting for Starkiller to be a clone of Palpatine, like that. To be oh, big I see what you're saying. Never gave us that. Yeah. But, so I mean, we know that he's powerful enough that he could go from one body to another, and and they did that in the past. So well, when he... something like that wouldn't be too far fetched. Well, and when we talk about clothing uh, or cloning clothing <laughs> cloning uh, back to andy's email he says uh, ray 
theory is, Rey is a clone based off of the Emperor's new clone army. Mm. Like uh, Boba Fett before her, Rey's a clone taken away from the new clone army. Because uh, they do reference a clone army in um, uh, The Force Awakens, uh, yeah. if you remember. Uh, so I, I think that kind of backs up your theory and that kind of, it, this is a sort of, it's a, and also like the mirror scene in the last Jedi fits into that. And then we get to what you were talking about, Mark, dark Ray. Um, mm. she, this she's also the clone brought up to have force powers and enough ability and strength to, def- to defeat all light side comers. And so the, that's kind of the idea of them both being clones. Uh, instead mm. of it being Ray going to the dark side, which I think would be interesting. I, I, mm-hmm. I still, even with, um, what do you call it? Even when with the uh, Dark Empire and some of those other, I, I never liked the Emperor clone plot that much. Right. I, I like the idea of the Emperor being a spiritual influence of some kind, a dark spiritual influence. I don't know exactly whether we're talking, we're not maybe talking dark side ghost, force ghost or something like that, or holocron, you know. Well, they've established already in canon a way that it could be his force press. Think about Momin from the comic. That's true. He was a Sith Lord that was attached to a mask. Um, Darth Bane, for example, even when Yoda went there, he's like, you're not really Darth Bane. You're the leftover spirit attached to the sarcophagus. Yeah. Which to a degree, I mean, that is kind of a form of life, even though Yoda was just like, you really have no power here i recognize that but it wasn't until yoda recognized that that there was no power because even bane was able to knock yoda down mm. at one point so i mean you know that we've got that established and you think also with the night sisters you know they were able to, to resurrect bodies and come back as spirits in a sense i mean so to me it doesn't seem too far-fetched to have there be an angle that they could play there um, but it, it comes down to how they de- how they choose to deliver that angle. I think it's going to be the most exciting. Because like I said, when when the Force Unleashed came out, I kept thinking like, what a great opportunity to explain where Palpatine started, you know, transferring his presence. Because we knew in Legends that the clones were you know imperfect. There was no perfect cloning system. The closest you could get to having a perfect clone is what they did with the clone army, where they raised those suckers over a longer period of time anytime they tried to Mm. accelerate that they had the problem yeah and so i mean that you know how you're gonna tie that in with ray like you know maybe we had a clone of palpatine but for some reason every time the embryo started to turn male it would you know it would fall apart but if we left it as a female genome for some reason the force allowed that to survive like there's ways you could play it off and i like the the idea of if you have the ray being part of a line of clones her vision makes suddenly a lot more sense yeah but i i i'm in that boat where i still like i don't want to know too much because i really want to be floored by what's coming i've got to admit (laughs) man i like i have a dark secret and my dark secret is, as we get ready to wrap up the episode, I'll, I'll finish my thought with this. Um, I started reading a few spoilers when I was doing research for the show this morning. But, but I quickly like pulled back, and I was like, I, don't, I just don't want to know. I don't want to know details. We're getting to that point where the you know the cut of the film is probably finishing up, and some plot spoilers, some actual plot spoilers, not just theories, are going to start coming out. So I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, man. Couldn't do it. Uh, so not, not going to be a lot of spoiler talk between now and, um, the <laughs> end, but, but Hey, I'll tell you what is going to be coming between now and the release of rise of Skywalker is the return 
And I'm, I, I was going to wait and do like a special whoop de doop announcement, but I'm going to do an early heads up here. I'm working on the early stages of this project. The return of Star Wars tonight. Tonight, right. tonight, tonight. I wasn't able even to do it with Solo. Last time I did this was leading up to the... Um, the Last Jedi. So, if you're not subscribed to Star Wars Tonight, because the feed's been dead for uh, you know a year, um, make sure you go do that. Star Wars Tonight, and we'll. Uh, it won't be until November. I might. There might be some early preview episodes in October, uh, but coming up in the in the coming weeks, it'll be here before you know it. We'll be doing a special Star Wars Tonight. I'm working on the logistics and the planning uh, right now as we speak. But just that heads up. Make sure you subscribe to that feed. And hey, make sure you subscribe to the Star Wars Report podcast as well, if you haven't. Uh, available now, speaking of announcements, on Spotify. So literally, like Literally 30 seconds before you got on, Mark, I finished the submission. They accepted it. By the time this podcast goes out into the world, it will be available on Spotify. So make sure you go to your Spotify app if that's how you like to listen to podcasts. And even if you don't, but you use Spotify, just search for Star Wars Report and follow us follow the spotify podcast has that awesome feature you can just follow us there on the spotify app super easy if you listen to us on itunes on the apple podcast app rather make sure you leave us a rating and review it's a great way to get the word out about the show big shout out to everybody supporting the program directly over at patreon.com slash star wars report make sure you head there for a um a really well this week a, a, my, my full engagement like behind the scenes story was rogue transmissions but last week Make sure you catch last week's, too, the one before. We've got almost 100 Rogue Transmissions in the feed, but the last Rogue Transmissions before, I'll just put it this way, a really cool special bonus panel audio from uh, DragonCon, and you can check that out over at patreon.com slash starwarsreport, twitter.com slash starwarsreport, and, of course, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, that's where we're available. You can follow Mr. Mark Hurlman at IllogicalRogue2, on social media and then i'm at mm-hmm. the riley guy best place to follow me on instagram at the riley guy until next time may the force be with you and remember many bothans died to bring you this podcast Listening to the Star Wars Report. <laughs> it's against my programming to impersonate a deity. Hey. Ah, good times, Mark. Good times. Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. Good show. As if we had a lot for having like two news stories. <laughs> it's a full <laughs> show. But I knew like the Bill Burr thing would spawn some conversation. And like right. the Galaxy's Edge stuff, and then I realized you hadn't been on since the the Dark Ray stuff. We could have gone longer, but we we were already at. Let me see. Wow, dang, we were at. Uh